Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hello, Endless Honeymooners. It's Moshe Kasher. And Natasha Legero. And I'm not sure if you know this or not. I'm sure you do. This podcast is brought to you by the podcast network, Cloud 10. It's like Cloud 9, but it's like more better than that it's one extra notch right and they they do a lot of different shows don't they yes they do kate hudson's podcast they do sophia bush's but you just did that podcast Sophia Bush. that was that was a fun one i i I, she didn't ask me to do it i wouldn't know she's Uh, very politically active right i know well she was literally the daughter of two of the presidents That's not true. Yes, it is true. She's the daughter of George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush. They had a child, and it was Sophia Bush. Are you kidding me? You don't know anything about politics. Anyway, Cloud 10 also does, um, in particular, besides the Endless Honeymoon podcast, is The Minor Adventures of Topher Grace, a very popular podcast with a very popular young man, a wonderful actor, Mr. Topher Grace. The theme of the podcast was that, that he would take people, celebrity guests, on a minor adventure. You know, he would take them to, you know, drive them somewhere to go to an astrologer, or he'd take them to, you know, he'd, he'd go on an adventure with them. But because ours was a live episode, which had to take place in one space, he decided to kind of flip the script on the Endless Honeymoon podcast and hire a real professional couples counselor to do cu- real couples counseling on Natasha and I. Well, this today, we got an insane bit of news that we're still sort of processing. Um, I, I feel like in, in order for you to have even the 
I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like in order for you to have the context, maybe, maybe you want to press pause right now and go listen to that episode and listen to the guest uh, and then come back and hear this kind of insane news or maybe I'm setting it up too much so you'll just want to hear what I'm about to say. But the, well, the woman who was the couples counselor that ran, completely randomly Topher Grace hired, her name was Dr. Amy Harwick. She was, she was great. She was really cool, and we had drinks and stuff afterwards. Was killed. She was murdered. By her ex-boyfriend. By an ex-boyfriend. And, I mean, that's weird. Extremely sad, tragic, surreal. Uh, she also was a couples counselor of, for people in domestic violence situations, so the kind of the bizarre depth of, of the, I don't want to say irony, because I don't want to be too flip about it, is intense. But weirder still is the fact that uh, when I was doing um, a round of podcast appearances, I was appearing on a lot of podcasts, and, and one of the podcasts that I do somewhat frequently is called Kill Tony. It's a uh, comedian, t- uh, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Brian Redband, they do, uh, but, but they do a basically a grab bag open mic, comedy open mic night that comedians then comment on. It's a lot of fun. It's a really wild, crazy show that, that records at the comedy store. And the reason I found out that this woman was killed today is not because uh, I didn't find out till hours later when Natasha texted me uh, about the woman who we had met, but because Brian Redband, the, the co-host of Kill Tony, posted about the guy who's been arrested and accused of this, who, uh, of this murder was one of the guests on the episode of Kill Tony that I was on. So in other words, I was you on... You roasted him for his stand-up. I roasted him for his stand-up. Three weeks earlier, I was on the podcast with the victim of this literal heinous murder. It's like the spookiest thing in the world. I, I was on a podcast with both of these people. Well, I think that it's really sad. And I think that... Remember we saw, we saw that play, What the Constitution Means to Me? Yeah. And she said in it... And I just looked it up and it's true. Like four women a day are murdered by their partners. Right. And domestic violence against women is on the rise. And it also makes a really interesting case, that particular play, of how difficult it is to, get, to extricate yourself from those kinds of uh, situations. Specifically, and I know that my friend... Um, my friend Annie who, Saunders, who's a theater producer, who just did a spot about this, uh, she did a theater performance thing about this, uh, is how difficult it is financially for a lot of women to leave violent situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't really related to the story. It's just related to the, the, the things that it brings up, is that a lot of women stay in these abusive relationships because they literally can't afford to get out of them. Because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the circumstances they're in, the the man is the one who's holding all the purse strings and to leave would be to make yourself homeless to leave would be to make yourself destitute and so they can't do that or they won't do that and they stay uh i don't and that wasn't the case with this uh this woman on topher's podcast she had she was no longer with this person and was a successful person and still well he broke into her house and threw her off her balcony allegedly that is the story uh it's pretty crazy but I just feel like I'm in the middle of a ghost story right now. Well, I think that um, men have a lot of upper body strength. <laughs> that's, a, that's quite a takeaway. <laughs> I don't know what else we can say other than... I mean, it. this guy was huge and she was like my size. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, you're in a, if you're in a relationship and you can't f- 
find a way out and you need to seek help, there is help available. You know, you can call the, the domestic violence um, hotline. You can call uh, uh, if you're... Hold I, on. By the way, I'm just saying that Go ahead. To, Go ahead. Be, to be, you know, a woman is hard because men are bigger than you and stronger than you, you know? And they take that, they take advantage of that. Well, yeah, but it's more than that, right? I mean, oh, of course. It's, it's like emotional women, abuse. It's not like strong women are out there throwing people off of buildings all the time. I mean, there's something up. Yeah. Um, My mom was in an abusive relationship. I mean, I think there's also how, you know, someone, someone who kills you, it seems like they're also like mentally ill. You think so? I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. That's a big, I, I guess a big top topic of debate is like what is mentally ill crime versus what is just i guess evil crime and i always feel like yeah i guess i don't understand i don't either i think people trying to suss that out is just people coming to terms with the fact or unable to come to terms with the fact that human beings do things that are so dark and so terrifying that we can't really categorize them Mm -hmm. and so we like we want to try we go like oh no that's a mental illness crime or like oh no that's not a mental illness crime or you know the the classic refrain is like you know when a when a when a white person does a domestic terror shooting it's uh it's mental illness and when a brown person does it it's terrorism Mm -hmm. but in fact probably everybody involved is mentally ill and it probably it doesn't in my mind doesn't diminish something to say that it was mental illness and it doesn't make it more evil to say this thing was terrorism this thing was it's just right by saying mental illness it's almost like you're saying they couldn't help themselves because well, they didn't the get argument. the right medication that's right that's the argument the argument is when you when you and that soft, might be the case with some people but when you soft pedal it like that and you say oh it was mental illness what you're doing is you're saying like you're saying oh they couldn't help themselves and also you're stigmatizing people who have mental illness who don't do those kinds of crimes i don't know i think in, re- in my opinion Human beings are messy. They do horrible shit. And we have no way of really wrapping our brains around how fucked up people are. And so we want to say like, oh, no, no, no. This is the the right kind of fuck up. And this is the wrong kind of fuck up. But in reality, shit is just fucked up. And apparently her restraining order had just been... She had a restraining order against him. And it was two weeks. uh, it, It had expired. And it had been two weeks since it expired. And she had mentioned to friends that she was like getting nervous about him coming after her. So I also wonder, like, I'd, I'd love to know how long you can get a restraining order against someone who, who is, you know. I mean, how do you how do you qualify getting a restraining order? It's someone who's harassed you. Someone who, yeah, you feel like there's an imminent threat or a danger, and that you they'll have to kill go, you. That, that they'll hurt you, and then you have to go to a judge, and the judge has to issue a restraining order. But then I'm also like, does a restraining order? If someone's a murderer, does a restraining order? stop them from i mean it's not that doesn't seem what the hell do i know i don't know anything but just it's hard for me to under to imagine a guy out there was like well i can't go murder my ex now because the restraining order is still active i it's difficult people are evil and people are stuck in situations where they're connected to people who are evil uh anyway uh, weird news for sure hard to hard to really wrap your brain around it and also like i said truly bizarre that i somehow appeared on a podcast within three weeks with both of the people involved in this murder just weird well he's in jail but if you're in a uh, domestic situation uh, that you can't seem to find your way out of whether man or woman you can call the national domestic violence hotline at 800-799-7233 let's take a call 
Now we're going to call Wes in L.A. Hello? Hey, how's it going? What's up, Wes? How are you? Hi. What's happening? What? Why, why did you call us? We're so excited to talk to you. I am calling because I... There's no way to frame the question so that it's not embarrassing. So I'm just gonna just gonna say it. Uh, I am non-binary. I'm a lesbian, and I don't know how to eat pussy, and I need help. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait does the does the non-binary part make you worse at eating pussy than if you just were like not non-binary but you are still a lesbian? Yeah, is a is a binary lesbian really good at eating pussy? find one and ask and have like a competition or something but no i just wait can you can you tell us what non-binary means just for the listeners at home who who might not be and for some of the people who are the hosts of the podcast (laughs) and for at least one of the people yeah so non-binary is an umbrella term for people who don't identify as neither male nor female got it so so somewhere somewhere but you're still a lesbian Yes. A woman who no, likes not, not woman, right? A but woman. a lesbian is a woman. Wait, yeah, hold okay, on. Okay, so what, what? I can explain that part to you as well as best as I can. But basically, a lesbian is a person who is not a man who likes other people who are not men. Really? Yeah. Oh so man. The reason I use or, lesbian, oh, not a man. <laughs> the reason I use lesbian is because of my lack of attraction to men. Okay. So there's no other... I hear you, honey. So, like, if I were to say I'm bisexual, that is... uh, That sort of, like, includes men. Or pansexual, it includes men. And I don't include men in my, uh, you know, my sexuality. Oh, so by saying lesbian, you're like, fuck all men. No, that's not what you're saying, is it, Wes? Men, I don't say fuck all men. Men are great as No, you're actually... You're actually saying the opposite. You're saying fuck no men. Yeah, exactly. Fuck not even one man. Okay, now let me... Okay, I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around... Because this is new nomenclature. I knew what non-binary meant. I thought I knew what I lesbian meant. I did too. I thought I knew what, non, what lesbian meant. But I, I, I'm, tr- I'm just still trying to get my head around a non-binary lesbian. A lesbian, in, in, according to this framework, is someone who is not a man yes. who is not attracted to men. Uh, I think I understand that. No, and I, I like the clarification... Because pansexual and bisexual include men. And you're like, I don't want to include men at all. But I also am not either a woman or a man. Now, would you... Is that right? Yes. Wes, do you mind if we ask you, like, blunt and impolitic question? And you can tell us when one is ignorant and offensive. And then we'll just move to a new one. Yeah. Okay, great. What about trans men? Do you find... Do you also not find... Are you not attracted to trans men? I'm not attracted to Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 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 Great. Okay. I think I, I've got it. I, I mean, I have 10,000 more questions, but <laughs> here's the most the most important one. Why haven't you uh, eaten pussy? And what does that have to do with you being non-binary? Or is it just that I just, you, it's been so... F- um, I just stated I'm non-binary for just for identity like purposes for you to like know my pronouns, but... Sure. Um, oh, and what are they? What are so they? We haven't heard your pronouns They, yet. them. They, them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I haven't eaten pussy because every time I've been with a girl and it seems like we're about to get there, they sort of like tap out. They're like, you know what? I changed my mind. 
and I don't want to keep pressuring them because I know what it feels like to be pressured. And I just, I'm like, okay, well, if you, you know, if you don't want to, then that's, that's fine. We can just sit here and cuddle, I guess. I don't know. And so I, I just never got really the chance to do it. And now I feel like it's been put off for so long that um, when the day comes, I won't know what I'm doing. Mm. Okay, I have some tips for you. I got so many questions, but yes, please. Okay, so here's what has to happen when you have a willing partner. If you don't really know what you're doing, you should lay down and just have them sit on your face. And then she will use you as a guide. And then you just kind of be there laying down, being the person. And it sucks. It seems like it would be really annoying no, and kind of gross. Not so much it would be annoying. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not a lesbian. No, Wes is getting into it. Wes sounds, sounds right. Am I reading you correctly? This sounds good. Well, yeah, but it's like them sitting on your. F- so you have to like stick your tongue out and do all the stuff for like right. maybe 20 minutes. But you know, you just kind of have to be this like statue almost, like this like stern, not stern, but like what is it? Like you know, you're you're like holding it up. Like- like well, okay. Yeah, like they just need to like ride your face. I mean, this is very funny because <laughs> Wes, you've never gone down. That's on, easy. Wes, you've never gone down on a woman, right? Never. Natasha, you've never gone down on a woman. No, but I've had a lot of. I've ridden a lot of guys' faces. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's one clear authority on the call right now, Wes and Natasha, and nobody seems to want to hear from him because. It's you? Yeah, of course it's me. Why? Oh, because you eat pussy? Because I'm the pussy eater. I'm the one who's eaten the most. (laughs) Okay, fine. What are your tips, Moshe? I've chomped. I have chomped. Okay, what's your tips? Well, you got to just... You don't know what it feels like. What does that mean? I I, I know what it feels like to get a blowjob, but I probably would give a really shitty one. (laughs) Blowjobs are hard. You think eating pussy is easy? I'd rather give a blowjob. How do you know? I can imagine. It seems like more work to eat no. pussy to like lay there and have a girl like writhing on your face. Wait, you'd you'd rather give a blowjob or eat pussy? A give a blowjob. Oh, I thought you were saying the opposite. No, blowjob seems easier. Right, because it's contained in a little sausage. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of things to do and it's like pretty clear and you yeah. can like grab the balls and like... Yes, Wes, are you sure you don't want to just start fucking men? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so 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 you're the pussy eater of the of the three of us, Moshe. What are your tips? Well, I mean, look, Wes, kick back, fire up a clove cigarette, let let the uh, let the master have a, a a few moments of your time. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, look, the thing about eating, Natasha's right. It's it's actually it's actually difficult. It, it's difficult to figure out. You're at an advantage to most. Um, um, I would say you're. I don't, I'm trying to find the right word to say this, but but most. Most people with, well, I don't want to assume the gender you were born with, but let's say uh, female sexed or, or you have a vagina. Am I, yeah. yet, am I correct in that? Okay. So most people, most young men who start trying to go down on women, they, it's the first time they've ever seen one. It's the first time they've ever encountered one. And they have literally no idea what to do. And they have no idea what's pleasant or where the pleasant zones are. And it takes literally takes years for them to figure out unless they you know, do their due diligence and talk to a woman. But no teenage boy is generally going like, what, what's pleasure for you? Although it would be really nice if they did, right? Um, but you're, so you're in an advantage. 
which is that you know what you, what you have, what feels good to you, where where in your body your your erogenous zones are. So you're already further ahead of the curve than another than a let's say a boy who had never gone down on a woman is. So, so that's kind of good news, isn't it? Right, you're already ahead of the curve. That's true. I have no idea what feels good in a blowjob. I have no idea if I'm ever doing like hurting them or yes, every time, (laughs) every time. No, but I need guidance because I really don't know. But my, my, my biggest, um, my biggest advice with sleeping with, with anyone, Wes, male or female, but, but I think actually women even more so, although it's the only people that I've slept with is that it's all about paying attention. Like it's all about paying attention and seeing, you know, having fun and experimenting with your mouth or without your mouth. But but with, I'm sure you've hooked up with people, Wes. Yeah, I have. Uh, so you you know that feeling when you do something and you and you you get the impression that they're enjoying themselves, right? And so it's like the same exact thing. Like, I don't think there's a trick or a technique or, oh, say the alphabet or the butterfly or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't think it's really about figuring out what technique you need to come into, uh, come into the sexual act with. It's really about, like, you know, or- organically feeling it out. But I do have a very specific suggestion for you. It's actually a, it's actually a book. I, I don't know if you read this uh, book, but... Um, I had this person on my podcast, my other podcast that I did before the Endless Honeymoon podcast called Hound Tall. Yeah. Did you ever hear the the episode uh, with Allison Moon? She wrote a book called Girl Sex 101. I thought she had just written a book on how to have sex with a girl. But what I realized was this was a book about sex with girls for you know, girls and trans people and non-binary people. This was about lesbian sex, essentially. And so I read this whole book about lesbian, and there's a whole primer in there on exactly what it is that you're trying to figure out. Like, what are the best ways to make love to a woman with your mouth, with your hand, with a toy, with the, you know, and, and so that, I think, you've got to literally have a textbook out there waiting for you, and it's a fun read. And she's awesome, Alison Moon. She was really cool. Oh, oh, that would be my... I'll add it to my... But now I've got a dirtier suggestion for you. This is what I really think you need to do. It sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, that the people that you're hooking... How old are you? I'm 21. Yeah, it sounds to me that the people that you're hooking up with are are people that are like you. They're kind of young, and they're kind of like uh, less experienced, and they're kind of like, you know... I, I, I don't know. The, you know, just am I right about yeah, that so not far? Well right, and you, you know, you're like you're in in a culture that's like a lot of people are figuring out identity and pronouns and like figuring out sort of who they are and what their identity is, right? right. So my suggestion: What do you think of this, Tosh? I think you should find an older, experienced lesbian, <laughs> like a straight up. A straight up like hot Cherry Jones, a Cherry Jones type, a hot older lesbian, one that you're attracted to, you know, but but somebody that knows their body inside and out, knows how to fuck a woman inside and out, and how to be have sex with someone that isn't male, you know, somebody somebody that that just knows owns their sexuality, 
and they're going to love a little piece of you know un- forbidden fruit like you, a 21-year-old who's never even gone all the way with a girl, and, they- and just say and tell them, okay, I'm Wes, my pronouns are they, them, my pussy-eating experience is zero, zero, and say, teach me how to fuck, oh, zaddy, or oh, mama, teach me how to fuck. That's what I think you should do. Does that sound too intimidating? I guess I'll, I'll work on my uh, going up to women like skills, I guess. And uh, well, aren't there aren't there cool apps for people? You know, like aren't there? There's got to be cool hookup and dating apps out there for the queer community. And you could like hit somebody up and say, "This is weird, but I've never gone down on a person before, and I really need a I need a I'm hot for teacher." not super big on like the apps just because i feel like they're dangerous um but i i mean i guess i'll I'll give it a i'll give it a go i'm just like scared of like end up with like some like weird married couple with like two kids (laughs) well you meet him for coffee first (laughs) make sure they're really a lesbian and not a not like four men well also i mean what moshe's saying like that is something you could do but in general i think when you're with people that you're attracted to and you like like you seem pretty open i think openness is really important in sex and i think that you know telling people if there is something that you're not into making sure you let them know but it seems like you're pretty open right like maybe you know just like kind of going there and then you know just going just go for it and then just be really aware too you know go for it how you feel and then you can always say like let me know you know you don't have to go like overboard with that but just you know try to keep in contact with them while you're doing it right okay before I realized that I was a lesbian I was like being really like I was just basically I was promiscuous because I was like trying to force myself to like men and like I mm. I would like sleep with a lot That's of so men interesting. and I didn't like it and I was like it got to a point where I was like I, I mean I guess I guess it wouldn't totally suck to sleep with this guy so I guess I'll do it um <laughs> And then that's when I was like, okay, I got to stop doing it because I feel like it wouldn't be all that bad. Um, And then I was like, maybe I'm gay. And then I was uh, the whole time. You know, you know, Wes, I hear you you say that made me uh, just made me rethink what I was been saying to you, although I still like my idea of you finding a silver haired fox to show you the ropes. Uh, But maybe that's like a Brighton Beach memoirs kind of like. A picture of sexuality i was just realizing i was just thinking about my own sexuality and you know when i first started hooking up with people how young i was and how inexperienced and confused i was like the thing about sex and being sexual is that it is it is an awakening to yourself like your figure it's it is nothing but figuring out what you like and what your partner likes and you discover it's it's a journey as cheesy as it sounds because really what i'd like to do is just make fun of you for half an hour west the reality is is like sexuality is a journey to dis- of discovery of figuring out like this is what i'm into this is what turns me on this is what seems to turn other people on this is what i like to do this is what i like to have done to me and like this whole idea that you have to enter into the sexual act like fucking like a champ you know coming into it like oh, I'm going to rock her fucking world with my crazy, you know, 
like I'm going to say voulez-vous coucher avec moi with my face between your legs like that's all just like complete horseshit like like if I could go back in time and in my young days of hooking up with people and told the women that I was with you know I don't really know what I'm doing and like I don't know what I'm into and I don't know what you're into and I'd like to figure that out together I probably would have had a lot better sex it would have taken me a lot less time to start having good sex because the difference between having sex and having good sex and having great sex it's fucking huge have you ever let a girl sit on your face I think that's a good position because then like you're like you're you're like the the person that's staying there and then she can do all the movement and then you're never like doing anything that could like upset her. So you're okay. so Natasha's <laughs> Natasha's advice think, begins and ends with somebody <laughs> needs to be a stationary uh, saddle. For well, because I think it's good for the woman to be able to like do her thing on top of you if you're down for that, because that's the hard thing about giving a blowjob like I don't know what feels good I don't know if it feels good if it's tight or like if I'm if I'm squeezing too hard or do you want me to use my nails or do you want me to suck and slurp and like you know more saliva or it's too loose there's too much teeth like I don't know I don't have a penis I don't know what it feels like right but you know the other thing is there's classes they ha- they literally give classes I'm good okay well Wes maybe you're a little more open-minded than Natasha who by the way you now and everybody listening now probably knows the way that Natasha likes people to go <laughs> on her. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, not for me. It's not about for me. It's not that I like to just sit on someone's face. I'm just saying it sounds good for you, Wes. It but, makes it less intimidating for the other person, her partner, but, to be in charge. But I it. think I'm going the opposite direction, Wes. I don't think that that a good idea is for either. Although I, I think what you're saying is good because it's a it's an entry-level version of going down on a person. Just lay there. I'll sit on top of you and I'll do all the work, your partner says. And vice versa. But what I'm saying is giving you specific techniques on how to go down on a woman. Well, not every woman wants to be gone down on in the same way. Not every woman is like Natasha that just treats cunnilingus like it's a uh, one of those, um, you know, those uh, mechanical bulls at, uh, <laughs> at, at um, what's it called? The, the bar on sunset. <laughs> like every woman's different. Every woman likes it different. Every woman wants some women want it harder, rougher, softer, more loving. And what I was saying was because it's this journey of discovery, like it's an what an exciting thing you have in front of you. Like the the person that you get to hook up with, you get to tell them, as embarrassing as it is, you know, I've never done this before. So tell me what you like and tell me how to do it. And tell me if I'm doing it right. And uh, if I'm doing it I don't like that. Why not? I wouldn't want my partner being like before you went down on me, if we met and you were like, just tell me what you like. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me how to get in there. But I was. I'll thir- just be like, let me sit on your face, dude. I think it's good in theory, Moshe, but I do think it's like a little hard to be like right away, start talking really openly about what you like. And you are very open sexually. Like, I remember right away you told me stuff that you didn't like. And like, I've never told anyone like that. Well, that's not told good. anyone stuff like that. That's it's good to be open and honest with sexuality. Right, you're, that's good. Wes, do you know who Jean Claude Van Damme is? <laughs> you would not want to fuck him. Well, yeah, you definitely wouldn't want to fuck him. But he's a Dutch martial arts movie star, big in the '90s. And his big move was he would get two chairs and he would put one foot on one chair and the other foot on the other chair, and he would do the splits between two chairs. My suggestion is the only way to go down on a woman 
is to have her go do the splits between two chairs. And then you get, I would say, 16 phone books and make a small table underneath it so that your face can reach her crotch. And then you just sit under there while she does the splits and just lap it up. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll tell my first partner the one after that. All right. <laughs> so, um, Wes, did you feel like you got any good, good advice from us? Um, yeah. The, uh, communicate. Communicate what you like and have them communicate to me what they like. And then just because I think and by the book, you didn't think sitting having her sit on your yeah, face. Yeah, that too. That too. I mean, if if she's into it, <laughs> yeah. If she's into it, I mean, I'm not going to be if like, she, no, don't. If do she's that. into it, yeah, yeah. I, if she's into it, like, how how come? Um, you, why do you think, by the way, that the the girls that you're with stop you before you guys go all the way? Well, I say every time, like it's happened so many times. It's happened four times with two different girls. So there's that. I'm, I'm like not in like a rush for it to happen. I just want to know what I'm doing when it does. Um, right. Are they not fully gay? Do you think? Bisexual, and then. Wait, Wes. Wes, start. Start over. One of them was not, and she was just like, "Let me experiment," and I was like, "Okay." And then the other one uh, was bisexual or pansexual or something. Uh, basically, she was queer, but she was a friend of the other girl, and she was like, "I changed my mind." Okay. You know, I'm thinking right now, even as I'm, I'm thinking right now, even as we're, uh, as we're talking about it, like maybe another good idea would be for you to find someone and date someone who isn't, um, like trying to figure out who they are and who that, what, where, where their identity is and where their sexuality is, because find someone who's just like, I'm, I'm me, I'm queer, I'm a queer woman, I'm a gay woman, I'm a gay I know exactly who I am. I'm a I'm a I'm a non-binary lesbian. You know, just just somebody that's further down the road than you. I think because it seems like you guys, the, the, when when you hook up with someone, it's somebody that's sort of like wrestling with identity, and that creates barriers and awkwardness in sexuality. That sex is already awkward enough. So that's my other suggestion. Try to date someone with a little more experience than you. Maybe not a silver-haired uh, fox, but just somebody a little further down the road than you. All right, well, let us know what happens, and good luck, Wes. Will you please shoot us an email and update us when you go down on someone? We really would like to know. Okay. Can we call you again after it happens? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Good luck out there. Eat a pussy for us, for the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. All right, thank you, baby. Should we play some secrets? Hi, Moshe. Hi, Tasha. Uh, this is a secret that, uh, well, it's not that deep and dark, but it's kind of funny. Um, I usually tell people that the first time I smoked weed was when I was uh, 14 and I was visiting my sister in New York City and uh, did the deed then. But actually, the God's honest truth is that the first time I smoked weed was spring before that when I was 13 years old. I was in the eighth grade and uh kid in my class was offering to sell me weed and being the young druggie that I was at the time, I saw a great opportunity in that uh, instance. So I purchased a dime bag from him and excited to go home and be the bad latchkey kid that I was. I ran home with that dime bag of weed and uh, didn't quite know what to do with it. So I threw it in the blender 
and turned on the blender, let it grind up that way, and uh, then I smoked it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I smoked it in printer paper. So, yeah, enjoy that. All right. Bye-bye. Here's what I think is crazy. How old was he? 12? 13. I don't think kids nowadays, like, have that much time alone. You know, I think parents are like, time for soccer, time for your lesson, time to go. We're go- we're leaving now. Here's a nanny. Like, I-, I just feel like I don't think I would let my kid be alone like that. Though they're using the blender. I don't even let you use the blender. You wouldn't let a 13-year-old <laughs> use the blender? They make a mess. I don't know. Maybe I'm a helicopter parent. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. If you're still like that when she's 13... It's so they're just allowed to nightmare. hang out in your house when 13? they're 13? Yes. You think you're going to be around them all the time when they're 13? I don't want a 13-year-old going through my shit. Do you think back to when you were 13? Would you like your mom I to be I was stealing my mom's money. I was going into her purse and taking money. When's the first time you smoked weed? I wasn't a druggie. When's the first time you smoked weed? When I was 30? I don't know. Really? I like waited a because re- I w- I hung around straight edge people, uh-huh. so I thought like drugs and alcohol were dumb. I spent like I thought you were a bro if you if you did that. So I thought it was very uncool. What was it like the first time you smoked weed? I I would always try like when in, in college when I was in my twenties and it like never worked, and then I just started dating like major potheads <laughs> in my thirties, and then I sort of got the hang of it. I was twelve. You were 12? I had a lot of free time when I was 12. I was like a latchkey kid. I mean, it's so funny I was to me too. that you think that our kid is not going to have a lot of free time when you're like a working actress doing like 12-hour 12 hour, <laughs> 12 shoots where you're gone I'll, from like 6 a.m. She'll be like a, a soccer captain or something. <laughs> okay, Natasha. I'm sure she's an L.A. kid with with, with a, two comedians for parents, but I'm sure she's going to turn out to be like a real varsity <laughs> bro lady <laughs> with no no time away from you at all. My friend has a 13-year-old or freshman in high school. Is that the age we're talking about? Yeah. I don't think they're left alone at the house to like chill. Are you crazy? When would they ever learn how to be an adult if you never leave them alone? Are you going to be like super annoying to our kid when she's a teenager and be like, mom wants to watch 101 Dalmatians with you? Wait, I'm going to try to watch like baby (laughs) cartoons with our child? Well, you're treating him like a baby. You don't want him to be alone. Well, it's so hard when you're older and mature and you know that they're just only going to get into trouble. But that isn't true either. Kids, are, Not every kid's a druggie. You have to leave kids alone or they'll never learn how to be grown-ups. The second I was left alone, I was either like taking naked pictures of myself on a, with a Polaroid or uh, smoking a cigarette or s- I, would, I would literally um, climb out of my window in the middle of the night. Let me ask you. And go to like to Chicago. Let me ask you what you would you rather. Okay. Ready? Would you rather a kid that smokes a little bit of blended up grass in a, bind, a piece of binder paper and takes a picture of her tits to send to Colin, the, the hot freshman at her high school? Or would you rather have that vibe of a kid or the vibe of a kid that's 14 years old and has never spent more than 10 minutes away from you? It's just like, me and my mom and I are best friends. I haven't been alone since 2019. Well, I think it's hard when you were like a bad kid. But like what would you I rather? Was, you weren't a bad kid. I wasn't a bad kid. No, I was a bad kid. Right. But what would you rather? 
I mean, that is such a hard question because like part of me thinks I'd rather have the child with buck teeth who doesn't want to leave my side. Really? But well, no, they... because it's just like I just want to make sure she's safe. That's the only problem. Safe, but then is she boring? I'm not, as a mother, I'm not really concerned with being bored by my child. I'm more concerned about her safety. That's not what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with creating a human being that has an exciting life. Obviously, that is essential. And obviously, saying, that's you, important. Then but you I'm die. just saying, as a mother, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's such a mind fuck because you only want them to be, like, safe. You want to know some good news? <clears throat> what? You know the, um, the house from Grey Gardens? It's actually for sale. It looks ugly now. I don't. But like you it. and you and our child could move in there, and you guys could never leave each other's side. Fuck you. I'm just saying. Then you die, and you've got some socially maladjusted weirdo who's never not hung out with her mom, and she's just got to go I'm into not the saying world. She can never not hang out with me. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that she needs to like be fucking her boyfriend. I'm not in our saying that either. But you're while I'm on a shoot. <laughs> but I'm not saying that either. I'm saying there's a big difference. Well, you're at a comedy festival, and I'm. At CBS Radford. I'm saying there's a big difference between her being on the back of like the motorcycle of the head of the Mongols and her having some free time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play another secret. Hi, Natasha and Mosa. I'm so excited to leave you this secret. Um, so today I was helping my best friend move out of her emotionally abusive ex's house after six months of him trying to manipulate her into staying. It got pretty ugly towards the end. Um, Unfortunately, three days ago, I got a cold, which is now thankfully fading. But I figured I would put it to good use. So when we went over to move her out today while he was at the gym, I coughed into his bath towel, licked and or wiped spit on the rim of every cup in his house, every plate in the drying rack, the oven knobs, the shower door handle, a bunch of caps the stuff in the fridge his toothbrush his bong and i also spat into his eye drops in his beard oil so i guess you can say karma's coming for him anyway i love the show hope you play my secret yay bye oh man this she is a the the most dainty and delightful sociopath i have ever heard she's not a sociopath you know what she is a good friend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like some good friends like that. You no, know, it's like, what if that guy catches the it's cold? It's fun, too. What if the guy catches the cold like 12 times? That would be the greatest revenge. He's like, he catches it from the bong. He's like, I can't even smoke right now. And he's like, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to put these eye drops in a week later. He's like, drip drop. He's like, oh. Oh, <laughs> you're saying back. you can keep. Well, that's the thing about coronavirus that I've learned is, I don't know if this is true. Maybe, maybe you know. But apparently, if someone touches something like six weeks later, you could touch it and get the virus. Jesus Christ. It like it lays latent. I was with at, at a party with a friend who had a really bad cold. And uh, all night long, I was standing next to him all night long. He was like uh, not shaking people's hands. And uh, he's like, oh, I've, I'm sorry, I'm sick. And he's very fastidious about that. And, you know, he's like really careful about not touching people. And then this person comes up to him and... I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he shook his hand. He shook the guy's hand. And then when the guy walked away, I was like, you shook that guy's hand. He goes, oh, I know. I don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like also that this woman is uh, so creative. I mean, I wouldn't have even had the thought. Let me just get this guy sick, this abusive jerk. Yeah, I'm glad that you did that. I think if, if it makes you feel good, I don't know. Hurt others. Not hurt others, but it's just like, it's a little mischief. I think it's fine. I'm into it, too. 
Let's play another. So it's secret time. Back when I was in college, I was dating a nice girl, and I had uh, talked to all my roommates, cleared out the apartment, and told her to come over and visit. She lives across campus, and so she rode her bike over to my apartment. And about a block away, she got into a car accident with a truck, and I never told her that I called her over so I could break up with her. Unfortunately, at the hospital that night, um, I, I decided that kind of bought me another couple months with her. So, uh, yeah, now, now everybody knows you were going to get broke up with. But instead, you got a broken collarbone. Love you all. Bye. <laughs> Wait, so. Wait, what happened when she broke her collarbone? Yeah, so he stayed with her for a couple months. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he just was like, okay, I guess I... We actually, that's, I mean, that makes sense. That's kind of the plot to uh, Midsummer in a way. Do you think you could break up with a girl? What do you mean? Like, in the sense, like, and then she got into an accident, you'd be like, hey, I know that your oh, collarbone's broke. Your collarbone night? is broken, but listen, I'm not going to be able to stay with you at the hotel be- or at the hospital because I was actually going to break up with you tonight. Oh, man, that's a dilemma. I mean, I'm sure some people would be able to do that. Because when you're ready to pull the trigger, you're so excited about, like, getting out and, like, hooking up with someone else or just, like, getting back out there. It would be so difficult to bite your tongue. But no, I mean, listen, you wouldn't want to compound their pain, right? I guess I'd... You know what I would do? I'd throw her a week. You know what I would do? What would you do? Come up with some lie. What What do you mean? I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Listen, I have to go back to my hometown. Something really bad has happened. I need to like deal... I don't know. I would make up some kind of lie, and I And then think. never return to their life? And then once their collarbone, collarbone healed, I would just be like, yeah, I don't think we can keep dating. This is the worst of all the three <laughs> options. You would stay with them, but create a lie so you didn't have to see them until they were fully healed and then come back and break up with them? I just know that if I really was ready to break up with someone, I wouldn't sit in the hospital with them. Really? I don't think I could do it. Um, could you? I mean, it's just a when you're on When you're ready to break up with somebody, that's like, and then you've got to be put in the situation that's hard even if you love someone. It's just a broken... I don't want to sit in the hospital with you. Currently? I'm just saying, like, a hospital sucks. Oh, this is a rough way to know I'm going to die alone. No, I'm just saying, like, if you already know you're going to break up with someone. Yeah, I think I could give them a couple weeks. That's nice. Sure, why not? All right, let's, um, shall we do another call? One more? Or no, one more secret? One more secret. Okay, let's do one more secret. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. Um, my secret that I've never told anybody is that when, um, a long time ago, I was a bartender and um, one of my coworkers, she was, she was a bitch, um, and I found out that um, she had like got pissed about something and in retaliation had sent like sexy photos to um, my boyfriend at the time. He's not my boyfriend anymore because he probably got sexy photos from a lot of my coworkers and friends. He was a douchebag, but at the time I was young and i was looking for revenge so i went on um the bar's yelp page and (laughs) made multiple um very well crafted fake yelp accounts um with poor reviews of her and um got her fired (laughs) from the job and i've never told anyone and i acted very shocked when we had the company meeting about it and um it's many years later and i I still wonder uh what she's up to 
I got to say, this does seem to be a theme with The Secrets. I agree. And it was even with the last one where you cough all over everybody's stuff. Like, you know, because it's all degrees. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's funny. But then like this one, she's getting the person fired. And I just think like it starts to, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe you're not helping yourself or, by doing that. Or maybe we shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Like revenge. Yes, but weird. it feels good. I mean, I don't, I've never done stuff like that. Although I will say. I feel like maybe when I was much younger. I've, I've never like exacted revenge in that way. Although I will say recently I was thinking about um, a long time ago when we were trying to get some gardening work done. You, a guy came to look at our garden and you paid him a deposit. I paid him like $300. $300 deposit to come back and do the work. But he was crazy. And then when you called to have him come back, he was like, nope, that's just the, 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 the deposit to have me come look. He, and, he just was, did not act professional. He just and, seemed like a crazy person. And in the end of that thing, he's like, and I'm just taking the money and I'm not going to come back and do the work. And I, I was just thinking the other day, it's been about probably four or five years. I, I still would like, listeners, tell me if you think I should do this. I really want to contact that guy from an anonymous email account and set up a, uh, an appointment far at the far outreaches of town during rush hour. And say, oh, I've got some gardening work I need done over here in uh, in uh, in Malibu. Can you meet me? And he'll write back three hundred dollars. And I'll, of course, I'll pay you cash when you get here. Meet me at four forty-five on Friday afternoon, <laughs> and then just have him go to a random address in Malibu. I just feel like that would be a nicely cold served dish. It's a great moral question of the ages because I, I just I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. If it is it good, if it something helps you feel better, is that a good thing? You know, they say that a sociopath, um, one of the one of the things that a sociopath will do is they will take revenge on you, uh, whether you know that they did or not, and it doesn't matter how long it'll be. So if you slight me ten years ago, I'll just think about it and think about it, and then I'll do basically what I just described with the gardener. Maybe I'm a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the right answer is, though. If, if, because it, obviously it's wrong to do intentional harm to people or to get people fired or to get people sick. But is it wrong to? But if you know punish that people they, for ill behavior, right? I don't know either. What do you guys think? And speaking of you guys, uh, a bunch. I mean, of- obviously you shouldn't be punishing people for ill behavior. Taking it on your hand, like taking it into your own hands, I think. You think? Morally, it's incorrect. But is it okay? Because it makes you feel good. Well, anyway, what, I'm well, curious. What do you guys think? Tell us what you think. Speaking of you guys, I got a lot of feedback uh, in our last episode about one particular secret. The, the secret uh, where the person whose friend said that uh, she had had sex with a guy and then they went to, uh, she got an infection on her chest from said, his jizz. From his jizz. And they said that that was only the kind of infection that is only found when people have sex with dead bodies. I felt that it was fake at the time. Got a lot of feedback. This one's from Jet Palf on Instagram who says, listen to your podcast today. The sex with a dead body story is fake. It's just one of those stories that people know that happened to a friend of a friend. I've been told it from four different people and I'm from Canada. Another person, Alyssa.g. Uh, but Instagram. the guy, but just so you know, the story that happened, that guy, they found out that he worked at a morgue. Right. It's not true. It's not true that he works at a morgue? 
I am listening. A Afos six 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 says, "Okay, I'm listening to your podcast at the moment." And the corpse STD thing is real. I haven't read this one yet. Breaking news: It happened to a girl I know. It's always somebody they know. She went to Planned Parenthood to get tested, and Planned Parenthood had the police contact her for a list of her most recent sexual partners. It's not a disease, more of an infection, but nasty. She met this guy, this guy in New York City clubbing. Wild. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I this because then I went further because this guy Cody Sean Davis on Instagram sent me a Snopes. Fact check, boyfriend, corpses, medical condition. Went to look that bad boy up. And romantic encounter with a necrophiliac from Snopes. A girl's unusual medical condition led to the discovery that the boy she'd been intimate with had been having sex with corpses. Claim. Rating? False. Origin? In June of 2010, the Malta Independent reported on a gruesome tale which had been recently sweeping that island. This story has been doing the rounds all over the island over the past month or so, and many people believed it. But when pressed, all they could say was that they knew someone who knew the girl, etc. Media reports about sexual intercourse with corpses in the Mater Dei mortuary were denied and condemned by the Mater Dei hospital management. Favorite News had reported that a former worker at the Mater Dei mortuary had had sexual intercourse with corpses, and as a result, a woman who had had a sexual relationship with him had suffered a sexually transmitted disease. The story, which is doing the rounds on some social networking sites on the internet, said that the woman had been hospitalized in a serious condition. Mater Dei Hospital Management said in a statement that the story was unfounded. Mater Dei Hospital management denies all these facts and condemns the circulation of such unfounded morbid news, which is causing great pressure on the staff who work in the hospital mortuary. This salacious mortuary rumor was another iteration of a years-old urban legend, one we originally wrote back about back in 2001 and has been expressed in ma- many forms. Shall I tell you more of the forms? Sure. A girl has just had... A, this is collected via email, 20, 2001. A girl's just had started having sex with her partner again. After a few days, she starts feeling itchy in her privates. This letter written by a, an eight-year-old. She goes to the doctor thinking she must have caught an STD. The doctor examines her and tells her that he will have to phone the police. She's in shock and asks why. The doctor replies that she has... Are you ready for something gross? Maggots inside of her vagina. And the only way that can happen is if she or her partner are having sex with dead people. And she replies, my ex works in the morgue. There's more. Shall I keep going? So this is like a, a common sort of. It's like the girl who like got a hot dog stop, stuck up her pussy or something. Exactly. Or, uh, yeah, there's, a, or, uh, there's so many Did different Did Richard one. Gere really have a gerbil no, stuck up no his butt? No, no gerbil in the butt. No gerbil in the butt. Do you want to hear some more takes on this? Um, you know what? I think I might be good. Okay, well. I wish I could, but I'll, I'll just say uh, this legend is an expression of misdirected r- retribution because it is the necrophiliac's next living partner who ends up with the infestation. Sexual juvenilia is rife with tales of icky punishment visited upon those who engage in kinky practices. But this particular legend stands out because the one suffers the consequence of the innocent party. So, yes, could this... Could this scenario play out in real life, is the question. No. 
Despite what some versions of this legend would have you believe, there is no special corpse worm whose presence on the living would immediately announce close contact with the dead. Although I have had sex with a few people that felt like a corpse worm. That flourishes part of the legend because through it, the disillusioned girlfriend comes to find out what her boyfriend has been up to. Without this contrived plot device, she would not otherwise discover his indulgence in necrophilia. The worms we associate with death aren't worms at all, it says. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. There's a lot of information. Uh, Suffice it to say, it's not true. And also, the person who just said that their friend went to Planned Parenthood and they called the police, I'm not saying she's lying. But her friend is. Thank you guys for writing in. We always like the feedback. Okay, let's take another call. Now we're going to call Jake and Sam in Reno. Hello? Jake. Sam. Reno. Hi. Hi, (laughs) Hi guys. How's it going? How's Reno? Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. We're going to get married here. Oh, how exciting. You know, I've been trying to convince Natasha that Reno is a real estate market on the up and up and that we should invest in property there. And And I'm telling him that the only reason he thinks that is because he goes to Burning Man every year. (laughs) What do you you guys think? Weigh in. Is Reno an up and coming community? Totally. It it honestly is. Yeah. the, The real estate market is hot. That's what I'm saying. But then, like, don't you got to, like, live in Reno if you buy real estate there? (laughs) It's honestly, it's not that bad. They got everything you want here. I like Reno. I'm a big fan of Reno. You can say, like, I need sparkling water and they know what you're talking about. Sparkling water? Definitely. That's your deep cut? I don't know. I I was in Iowa once and they didn't know what that was. Um, Guys, uh, congratulations. I love Reno. I've spent a lot of time there. I consider it the biggest little city in the world (laughs) why did why do you guys call well so we're like sam said we're getting married uh in a month and we uh we're trying to keep it pretty low-key um i'm jewish sam is italian and we didn't want a lot of like religion entering stuff but we are gonna step on a glass she's gonna dance with her dad to dean martin and then (laughs) that is the italian kind of like dream that is the italian way sure and then you're not making her convert no (laughs) and i am not choosing to convert yeah that's you'd rather be catholic what why is that the only two options that's what she oh, is. She's, yeah, Italian. Not- she's Italian. She's Italian. She's Italian. Yeah, I'm Italian, not not Catholic. But you are Catholic. I was raised Catholic, but I've ventured off. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So the, the the problem we're running up against is that this week we found out that that my father was planning a surprise. Oh, uh, I hate the sound of us. this. I know. Yeah, he was going to hire a troupe of Jewish bottle dancers to come and surprise us at the reception and make this big kind of shtick and then a show. It's honestly very offensive. Like Wait, it is not Why yeah. is it offensive? What are Jewish bottle dancers? Oh, well, it's yeah. Jewish women uh, under the age of 17 that shove multiple bottles inside of their bodies for every Jewish wedding. <laughs> And I don't see why you find that offensive. It's be- a beautiful tradition. 
And then at the end, a big strong man, a Jewish strong man, comes and punches them, and the, sh- the glass breaks, and then everybody dances in the blood. At any rate, I don't see why you find that so offensive. No, what is offensive I about... That would be great. That's not what this is. <laughs> what is it? Unfortunately. What is this it, is actually? Like, this is like a guy comes in, and he's like, is this the Leibowitz wedding? And then... We're like, no. And he's like, oh, no. Well, uh, oh, Sam, Jake. Oh, you're here. Well, I got Nachum and Avram. <laughs> and they all start, you know, dancing in. With bottles on their heads. With bottles on their heads. I mean, to be like, honest, that sounds kind of cool. This sounds awesome to me. It's kind of like a, it's like a stripogram, but very innocent, you know? <laughs> Yeah, which is not like the vibe that we were planning, but wait, you know, yeah. Wait, can you? I mean, t- I think anytime, I think anytime a parent is interested in the other person's religion, like my dad will always send me like Hanukkah cards, even though he's like Christian and Catholic and whatever. Like, I think it's sweet. This is not the Italian that's sending the bottle dancers; it's the Jew that's no. sending the Jews. Right. Yeah, the Jew is sending the other Jews in. Uh, uh, Nachman and Avram. Oh, that now, is a little troublesome. Now, Sam, what is it that you find offensive about this? Oh, well, it's offensive that like they like put on these like very sticky Jewish accents. <laughs> okay, and, got and it. They they like come in and they like do they also do it for a long time. Like it wouldn't be like ten minutes and be like congratulations. It's like a thirty minute show. Also, yeah. also, uh, you know what's funny is because you're in Reno, the odds that they're all going to be Jews is extremely low. So it's, exactly, it'll be like one Jewish ringleader and then a bunch of just like Hell's Angels he found on it, like the the, <laughs> the nugget, yeah. John Aswaga's yeah. nugget. <laughs> oh my god, good shout out. Yeah, man, I told you, I've been there. Uh, so, 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 so what's like, the dilemma the problem is the problem is like uh, we found out about it because he told so jake's dad called my dad and he was like oh you're not gonna believe the great surprise i got for sam and her Wait, mom S- sam hold on hold on let me yeah. let me just because uh, you're not doing it justice so let me just do it for you okay he called <laughs> he called your you called your dad and he goes Oy, you're not gonna believe the surprise I got for Sam and her mom. <laughs> okay, perfect, so, spot on. Oh, thank. Yeah. That's your dad. That must have been is- in- intense for you. Um, it, it was. So, so then your dad just immediately snitched. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, "Wow, sounds sounds crazy." No, my dad actually said to call us first. He was like, "I know this ruins the surprise." But they probably have like a lot of things planned for the day and this might interrupt the flow. And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then my dad immediately did call me and go, this is what he's planning. And did the dad, did you dad ever call and tell you? Well, no, we called him and and I said, are you planning on doing this? And he said, yes, and that he had made a deposit. And we said, we don't want this. We really are not like down for this. Um, please cancel it. Well, and we said we were like, we worked really hard to make this personal to us. Like, this is kind of more something you would like to see. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's not doing it out of like tradition. He's doing it for a lark and a laugh. And so we got in this big fight and my dad and I are usually pretty like good. We're, we're on good terms with each other and now we're not speaking. And my fear is he's just going to go ahead with it anyway. Oh yeah. Cause I, <laughs> 
You're not speaking and you think he would just like hijack your wedding that like is that? The, that's the greatest image I've ever, I've ever had on this podcast is you don't talk to your dad. You don't even know if he's going to come to your wedding until the day before he shows up and you're like, dad, thank you for coming. He's like, of course, my boy. I'm sorry we've been so estranged. And then all of a sudden you hear like a clarinet in the back. Burder, 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 burder. And here comes Alfred and Nachman. So, so you guys aren't talking. And he, yeah. his, you know, he's okay. So, what do you, what do you uh, wonder? I, I have a thought, but what are you wondering about? Well, I, I'm wondering, like, a, how to repair our communication, but b, what happens? What do we do if, if you know, knock them and enjoy and it? Gang show up. Yeah. Oh, well, here's my thought. I have a thought, uh, and I don't know you're gonna like it, but it sounds like your dad. This is inappropriate. I would agree with you. Do you agree, Natasha? What do you think? Oh yeah, that it's inappropriate that he's doing this to like hijack their wedding with his weird like Yiddish yeah. Yiddish vaudeville act. But <laughs> he's trying. He, he was trying to like do something special, and it's a very dorky, Jewy way to do it. And just got sounds like really embarrassed. And when guys get embarrassed, they get angry, and so it expresses yeah. itself through anger. And, and so maybe it's it's their their issue maybe, or their responsibility to kind of come up to him and. Let him know you're not angry. For sure. And I, I also think... well, You guys need to talk to him. Are you, uh, My question is, are you guys doing a like a reception, uh, a, 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 a din- one of those, what do they call them, a rehearsal or dinner? Rehearsal, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you call your dad, Sam, would you be amenable to you calling, him calling his dad, to, both of you call him, and say, we're really sorry that we were so harsh about not wanting it at the wedding. It's just that we're stressed out and uptight about our wedding. We'd love it if the bottle dancers came to the rehearsal dinner. That's a good idea. It's like a fun joke. Yeah, it's just a fun thing at the end of the rehearsal dinner. I like that idea. And then let your dad say, no, no, we don't have to do that. Okay, well, if you don't want to do it, we understand, but we want you to be there. Oh, no, he would totally be like, great, that sounds awesome. Like, that's the problem. But why don't you just, why not just sacrifice the last half hour of the rehearsal dinner, which I guarantee will be the most awkward experience of your life anyway. I never understand why people do those. And just fucking deal with the bottle dancers. And I mean, it's it's such a sweet gesture, though inappropriate. I'll give you that, Sam. You're right. But what what do you think, Sam? Would you be... Would you be willing for the bottle dancers to dance at the uh, at the Buca de Beppo that you guys are meeting for your rehearsal <laughs> dinner? Thing, like, I still think there's room for them. Like, if they're a big act. Like, they need the full space. Oh, Sam. They'll make it work. Come on. Just <laughs> let, let the Jews dance. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Why is the end of the rehearsal dinner terrible? No, I'm talking about the whole thing. I mean, th- those rehearsal dinners are always so awkward to me. They're always just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, we didn't have a rehearsal dinner. I never. What are they for? I don't know. I think it's, again, it's for some Women. way to feel like my dad's contributing and like... You oh, is your, dad paying for, is your dad paying for the rehearsal dinner? Yeah, he's going to pay for the rehearsal dinner. Oh, you oh, got to let the... Oh, come on, you guys. Kind of like hel- ho- holding back with that information. Yeah, come on. No, get let, let it's the... It's his party. Let the bottle dancers dance, and that way you're guaranteed they won't ruin the part that's actually special to you, which is your actual big day. And you guys got 30... I, and I almost guarantee you're going to like it more than you think. It also sounds like your dad needs like a little bit of attention or something like maybe there's something you could structure in the actual wedding that he could do something he could read Ooh, that's something a good idea. he could be like focused on something that gives him the spotlight 
so that he feels like an active part of it. Maybe let him, maybe you could publicly thank him for the for paying for the wedding if that's important to him. I don't know. I think that that's a good idea. This is our suggestion. Let the dancers dance at the rehearsal thing and then say, but what we really want you to do is, are you doing anything like that? Like parent involvement? Yeah, I mean they're they're making a speech at the wedding. He's also not paying for the wedding. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. But like so if there was something that he could do that day, like I know you don't I, I get it, Sam. I can already hear your thoughts. Like why are we trying to bend <laughs> over backwards to like appease this person who's not getting married like he's a grown man why are the weather but you know what people's feelings get hurt i think you should have the bottle dancers dance at the rehearsal he's he's paying for that right yes he is let him dance sam let him dance (laughs) i mean we'll we'll see i uh, what else are you gonna do at that stupid rehearsal dinner right sam what are you gonna what are your what is your vision of of what this rehearsal dinner is gonna look like I, I mean, they're they're inviting Jake's parents are inviting like a lot of their friends. So it was basically going to be like a split dinner anyway, where like they were going to sit with their friends and we were going to sit with our family. I'm telling you, Sam, I don't know why I'm only yeah. talking to you, but I have a feeling you're the one I need to talk to. I'm telling you, the not only will this create peace in the kingdom, but it will, I guarantee it. Mark my words. Do it as a fan of the podcast. It will make your rehearsal dinner so much more entertaining than and it would memorable. have been. memorable. You're going to like it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, this is a good call. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think this is something we can consider for sure. All right. Well, will you... And te- talk to your dad about it. Yeah, tell us how yeah. it goes. We want to know. And if you do it, send us some pictures. I want to okay. see this bottle dancing. <laughs> yeah. That sounds Or even send us some footage. We really want to see cool. some footage. Oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll we'll do that. Okay, you guys seem really well matched, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. I will say this, you guys, uh, you are not only really well matched, but we've talked to a lot of couples on the phone, and for some reason, you are the best uh, at being able to communicate without talking over each other of any couple we've ever had on. Which makes me think you guys have a long and stable future together. Wow, thank you. <laughs> All right, see you guys at the burn next year. We'll see you at the burn, bye. man. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I think that was a great idea, Mosh, giving the having the bottle dancers come for the part that doesn't matter. I mean, people get so wrapped up in thinking about like the perfect experience. It's like what could what situation could you possibly have other than a wedding? Maybe. That Yiddish bottle dancers wouldn't make it a little more interesting. I mean, honestly, I want to have them for my daughter's two-year-old birthday party. Actually, we should call them back and say, who are these people we want to hire them? <laughs> it sounds so entertaining. <laughs> how could you? Why what do they not... do with the bottles? They like balance them on their head and go down to the floor and do like Russian jumps and stuff. I could watch that for like 25 minutes. Yeah, man. That sounds Not 30, awesome. though. 25 or under. Uh, well, that was sweet. They were sweet. They seemed like they really love each other. Yes, they did. And you got to patch things up with old... With old Tati, as they would say in Yiddish. Call you Tati. He misses you. <laughs> he loves you. Aww. And guess what, Tosh? What? My Tashi. Yes. <laughs> love you. I love you too. 